This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hey traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step Trader, and this is Limit Up. That's where we talk with traders, market participants, trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play to get these delivered straight to your phone. Now, today I'm joined here again with Danny Hodgman, one of our performance coaches. Danny, uh, very nice to have you back in the broadcaster booth. Hey, Eddie. Thanks for uh, having me back. Always a pleasure. Now, Danny, today we're going to be talking with Todd Horwitz of Bubba Trading. Todd's a 38-year veteran trader who started on the floor and successfully made the transition to the screen. And I do know that uh, coming from the open outcry to the electronic trading has been uh, has been a tough road for a lot of traders. Uh, but it uh, seems like Todd, Todd has did it and uh, moving forward towards it and helping others to learn how to do it. Um, he's now a day trader, founder of Chief Market Strategist for Bubba Trading and the host of daily trading and investing podcast called The Bubba Show. Love that name. Uh, this should be a good one. I'm excited to hear it. All right, cool. Uh, Danny, let's get started here. Here is my conversation with day trader Todd Horwitz. Well, today we've got Todd Horwitz. He's a 38-year veteran trader who started on the floor, successfully made the transition to the screen. He's been a member of all major exchanges in Chicago and uh, still a member of the Chicago Board of Trade. He is now a day trader and founder and chief market strategist for Bubba Trading, and uh, also the host of a daily trading and investing podcast called The Bubba Show. And we've got uh, Todd with us today. Todd, how are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. It's a pleasure. Very nice to have you here with us. And uh, I was just talking to him right before here, and I said, The Bubba Show. I love The Bubba Show. <laughs> how long have you been doing The Bubba Show? I've been doing it for seven years. You know, it was. Uh, I started out with a, a guy who had a terrestrial radio station, uh, and he'd, I'd go on once a month, and he said, you want to come on once a week, and then you want to come every day, and then you want your own show, and I said, yeah, sure, I took it, and <laughs> of course, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy, you know, I enjoy talking about the markets, right? I enjoy talking about what's going on right. and how I interpret it, because, you know, I don't necessarily interpret it the same way as everybody else. Yeah, and, and that's one thing that a lot of new traders uh, need to understand, Uh how different people interpret different things, different insights, uh, different views. And the thing is, you know, always talking about what works for you. So that works for you, and I'm glad that you share that with a lot of traders. You know, I mean, again, I think it's just important that when you, you know, when you're trading, if you're trying to make the transition to a trader, the, the worst mistake or the worst problem most of us have is our emotions get in the way, and that becomes creates a problem oh, versus just goodness. being a straight-up, you know, look at the chart and become more of a robot. Exactly. Now, uh, if if I can ask you way back, going back your 38 years trading, um, how did you get into trading? Well, it's, a, it's it is a funny story. And about 38 years ago, I had uh, I had a job. I was working for a company called Pitney Bowes as a salesman, and I had actually started with them when I was a senior in high school because I wasn't a big fan of school. I got a job mm -hmm. as a salesman, and uh, you know those days you could kind of get away with some things, and so I got into the job and. I was doing really well, and I said, you know, hey, why don't you guys promote me? You know, let me. I'm teaching everybody anyways. Why don't you put me up there? And they'd like to be said, you're too young. Well, you know, today you can't say that, right? You get sued. Then they said, <laughs> you're too young. I said, okay. I said, go go do it yourself. And that was it. I threw everything in them. I quit, walked out, and I, I known a couple of guys that were down on the floor, and I said, let me go try that out. 
So it was a great experience. I came down and uh, met with uh, Harry Brandt, who used to own Brandt Clearing back in those days. And, right. Because uh, you, you had to have somebody who was willing to take the risk of you with what you're going to put up. So I went through, traded through, cleared Brandt, and uh, the rest is history. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now, going way back here, um, early lessons. Now, uh, I know when I started, boy, it was, uh, you know, throw you, they threw you to the uh, the. They threw you to the dogs. They threw you, threw you in the fire. They, there was no learning. You know it, you don't get out of here. Right. Now, um, how about some early lessons? Was there any painful uh, learning lessons? A lot. There's a lot of pain out there. You know, again, you, you get into a decision. You know, one of the things I think you learn first is sometimes your first loss is your best loss. And many of us try to, you know, sometimes you hold on a little bit too long trying to pray that it comes right. back. You know, the old strategy you know, please, God, if, if it comes, if I get even, I'll never do it again, and I get out. And, of course, that never happens, right? And right. I think the the discipline that take, it takes to be a trader is, is a challenge to a lot of us. And, you know, when you get stuck, you sometimes let it get a little bit too far stuck. Right. Now, going back here, I know that uh, we grew up with the open outcry. And, uh, you know, um, at least uh, my viewpoint is I watched the successful traders, how what they did, how they reacted, the open okay, the screaming, the yelling, the pushing. I mean, I've I've uh, gotten my ribs broken twice. I've been poked with pencils, stabbed, pushed out of the pit. You've probably experienced that same thing. Well, yeah. Remember, you're in a pit that's you know they're, they're wall to wall people, all the bodily functions, the, the <laughs> sick, the people that are sick, they're right. you're getting hit in the head, the arms are flying, exactly. especially when it gets busy. And, you know, I think one of the things that you should take away and one of the things that I miss about the actual open outcry is being able to see somebody's emotion, right? You know, there was an old saying on the floor, if you can see a guy's tonsils, he's wrong, give him whatever he wants. And that is something you don't get to see necessarily on the screen, but we've, you know, kind of recreated that a little bit. Right. Now, talking about the migration, now, um, I remember it first started out uh, in the S&Ps. When I was in the S&P pit uh, with First Chicago, locals were up in the bleachers and uh, they would be able to trade into the pit and they would be able to trade electronically and it, it almost seemed I don't want to say a joke but it was like you know this is pretty funny man all the actions down here what are you guys trying to do up here um, obviously that took over now as far as the migration to the screen you're trading electronic I am okay um, a lot of traders on the trading floor that I've talked to really had that hard time to sort of uh, corral the discipline and use the patience. I mean, usually on the trading floor, it was if you were loud enough, if you were quick enough, um, you'd get the trade. Okay, now we come to electronic and it, it seems like there's a line. Get in the line, you know, uh, how many bids, how many offers, size on the size on the buys, size on the sells. Um what did it uh, What did it affect you as far as trading? What did you sort of notice? Well, the first thing is you you know on the trading floor, if you're a market maker, you get a little bit of an edge on a trade. You know, you're a bid offer, so typically you're buying the bid and you're selling the offer. Right now, on the screen, you're the, you're buying the offer, you're selling the bid. You're not getting the edge, so you, you you have no room for real errors. I think on the screen you have to understand as well that you're not scalping or trying to get a tick or two and turn back and forth. You know. A thousand contracts a day back and forth now you've got to actually be willing to actually build a small position and let it work for you i mean you didn't have to carry it forever but you know you can day trade within but you've got to carry a little bit longer there's no more edge and there's no more you know getting that so you've got to be able to step in and say hey i think you know the charts indicate that i should be long here so i'm going to be long i'm going to own them or the charts indicate i'm going to be short here i'm going to short them 
but the overall being able to scratch out of a trade or do something and get it, you don't have that 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 speed anymore. There's no edge. There's nobody talking to you. There's no bit right. offer spread really. Right, and. Uh... You know, big difference, but, you know, same premise. That's why a lot of traders here, electronic traders, traders new to trading, always want to know about the, the stories of being in the pit and what it was like, uh, you know, to to actually just scream at the top of your lungs. Uh, I know a lot of our electronic traders do that, you know, uh, behind their Even me, I do it occasionally. I yell at the screen. I mean, you know, I give the old MF for once in a while, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, it's it's an emotional business, and I think that's right. one of the things emotional. you have to you have to hone in. Right, you get a bad beat, you got to start over, you got to you know rebuild. And I think that's the big again. I think for new electronic traders, there's a lot of challenges out there, and, and the real challenges come in and being able to sit back and and understand how the markets are functioning, what's really happening, instead of what you think is happening. Because when we start to use our opinion instead of making profits and try to become a profit, we end up having some issues out there. Right. You know, one thing that we didn't have in the open outcry was all this information in front of us. You know, uh, something we had our Reuters up on the board, and uh, that was pretty quick. Sometimes it would delay, and you know, markets would be moving. Like, what's going on? But uh, now, I mean, y you've got you've got the hot wire. You got uh, news on the wire. You've got your markets. You got your charts in front of you. Um, something happens to a market. If you're on the right site, or if you're looking in the right direction, you could you could say, okay, that was the reason why. I mean, and a lot of times we were pretty much blind. Markets were moving uh, until one of our phone clerks would say, hey, you know, China did this, or the president said this, or you know. And then we would know the news. So, I mean, there there was a difference. There was a, a little edge back then. And now, there, as far as electronic, you got that edge uh, with uh, information. Yeah, but I think that, you know, one of the things that I kind of follow all the time is that the information's in the market long before I even see it. You know, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, they, they got, they're got they paying guys millions of dollars a year to watch that information as it comes in. I think it more comes to watching the order flow and the money flow. And I think it's one of the things when we were trading on the floor you could kind of see the order flow, right? You, you saw the broker coming in or the broker was there and he was getting paper and he was starting to, to buy. You knew they were going to continue to buy, so you had to figure out how to not get in front of them and get run over by the guy, right? right. So now you don't necessarily get to see that because it happens so quickly, and then you, you tie in the high-frequency traders that start jumping aboard, and it pushes the market up or down a little bit faster than it used to, and right. you don't have the edge of paper. And even though you might have the information, I don't think you get the information fast enough. So I think there's a, a key component to learning how to read the order flow through the chart, and we didn't have charts, obviously. We had, what, microseconds to make a decision right. and make a market. Right. Now, you know, let's, let's stay on that. I want to ask you about uh, your insights on your trading strategy. Now, we, t we talked about the scalp, the open outcry. Now we're moving to electronic, which is different. Um, but uh, what are some of your trading strategies? Better yet, what are some uh, clues or tips that you can give electronic trader? And then we'll open it up again. Some of the basics. Well, I think one of the things you, you you really want to first decide what type of trader do you want to be, right? Like if you want to be a part-time trader, you can't be like a full-time trader. There's different types of strategies that you would look at. Now, one of the things I like, and I think it works always, is to be to play what we call a, a blow-off pattern, and that I believe gives the retail trader or myself an edge in the market as everybody's piling in either up or down as they're either screaming to buy them or screaming to sell them i think you wait till that pattern ends and you look for an indicator like i use a four minute and a one minute chart and when the one minute starts to turn over after that happens i believe that i now have the edge on that trade 
and I can trade that without knowing what's going on anywhere else in the market. And I think that's a great method to learn for anybody because it actually lets you capture the edge of trading. Let me ask you, how, how did you learn that, that method? Where did you get that method from? Well, it, it originally started from the trading floor because, again, going back to when you can see their tonsils, when they're mm -hmm. puking it out, typically, what do we know? The puke usually comes from either a tap on the shoulder from the clearinghouse, the guy's got too big of a position, or he's stuck and he's got to get out. Typically, when that happens, you know, if we just look at a little bit of history in 09, and again, I'm not saying we called the bottom, but in 09, we saw the major puke finally came. And that was like you could just see the end of the market. The, the market was no longer going to go down that fast, mm -hmm. and it was a great opportunity to try to step in. And that's what you're trying to do. If you can try to create a little bit of an edge in your trading by fading or going against the masses, because the masses are almost always wrong. Okay. Now, uh, if you could, uh, what I want to ask you about, uh, if you can give us an example type of trade setup uh, that uh, would be beneficial uh, for this type of trading. Yeah, I, I think we can look at uh, at crude oil on Monday, uh, December the 18th. At 12 o'clock, out came an announcement that crude should be firming up and it would be very strong and there was you know, good news and blah, 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 blah. In the meantime, crude broke from 57.50 to 68, I mean, to, from 57.50 to 56.80. It went straight down in about three minutes, four minutes. Right? It was a straight line down. And I, all my people that we talked to, that was an opportunity to buy because you could see the puke and the panic all over the market. You could see the market was going down so rapidly that there was something around them. And immediately, eventually, they found the bottom within about 15 minutes. And we found an opportunity to get in, and the market ride right back up right. to the mid-57s. Yeah. And I think that's what you look for in this type of trading because it does create an edge if you have the guts to step in front of it, and that's a hard thing, but we have a trigger, which is we switch time frames on the chart. We go from, like I use myself personally, I use four minutes and one minute. So okay. the four minute tells me that there's something going on. The one minute tells me when I can get in. And all I'm looking for in the crude trade on Monday, I was looking for the one minute to stop going down. And the minute it gave me one minute of rally, I was willing to go ahead and step in and test it because I know I'm only going to risk 10 to 15 ticks on the downside. If it's going to continue, I'm going to get out. But if it if that is the V-shaped bottom or the actual bottom of the market, we got a chance to get back in and run it back up and play with it. So that's how you create the edge for yourself. Now, one of the terms that we all try to strive for is consistency. Um, what are some rules that you can share with us to, I don't want to say ensure consistency, but uh, keep consistency there next to us uh, when we need it? I think the first thing you have to understand is you're going to have losing trades. So if you first recognize that there are going to be trades that aren't going to be winners, then you put yourself in a position to, to be able to realize that you have losses coming. But then the key part is to figure out where you're going to set your loss target or your stop at. Now, in this method, we use very firm stops. There's no negotiation, right? So on the particular move that we just related to, we use tens to 10 ticks below the low tick of that move. That's our automatic out. It's not subject to negotiation. It isn't, well, maybe, maybe this. It's concrete. You set the stop there. If you get stopped out, you look for another entry. But that's the key is the managing your money, managing your inventory right. is the whole thing to trading because once you give up your inventory, you got nothing to trade. So if you learn how to accept the loss and then you letting the winners run, you, know, you have to set targets. And it doesn't mean you get out of those targets, but as the charts or as the markets start to move in your direction, you then find levels. You can then start to adjust your stop 
and kind of walk it up with the market and let the market at one point take you out when the time is right. Now, what you're saying is I do I do see that uh, uh, you're instilling discipline as a big factor. Uh, I know that uh, you know when you have that stop and the market's getting close and you're thinking maybe I just sort of move it just a couple ticks and see me and then by the time you're done you know you you get stopped out you're seven ticks uh, you know off your stop or ten ticks off your stop I mean we all do it you know it, it's it's part of being human but um, how would you tell a new trader how important discipline and uh, understanding that uh, losing is part of the game. Actually, I show them because whenever I do something which I would consider to be dumb, all right, I show them I have a chart which I've done. I made the trade myself, and I took mm -hmm. a nothing trade into a $2,200 loser because I kept saying, well, let me give it another couple of ticks. Another couple of ticks myself to 2200 and I keep that. And every time I make a mistake, because listen, we know it's an emotional business. So you're going to make mistakes, but the idea is to cut down the most that you can and realize it and recognize that it's you who made the mistake. It's not, there wasn't the machine. It wasn't anything else. You screwed up, own it and move on and don't do it again and don't make that mistake again. And I think what you have to just instill in yourself is that it's all about the money. I mean, life comes down to two things. One of them is money and we got to make sure that we're protecting it when we're in here and realize that nobody's standing on the corner handing out hundred dollar bills and there ain't no free lunch, right? Like it used to be in the days, right? <laughs> it was a little different back in the day. I already had a chance. I got a question. Thin traded markets, volatile products. Um, what's your approach? Now, I know that uh, at one point when we saw crude uh, breaking from that $100 a barrel, um, it, it took a big dive. Then all of a sudden it started trading west to east, So, which I mean we weren't fluctuating up and down. We were just sort of floating around. Um, that market got thin. Okay, a lot of traders you know, that I talked to, I asked, you know, I asked them, you know, since crude isn't really doing too much, and this is a few years ago, um, what markets are you going to now? You know, there's a lot of traders that like that action. It's got these markets got to move, got to move, got to move. Um, otherwise, they're going to move to something else. Well, they they mentioned the Nasdaq at that time. After that, we did see that obviously crude picked up again. Uh, and I call it the fashionable market because, you know, you got a lot of people that never looked at crude before saying, hey, I want to trade crude. And, and the question I would say is, you know, are you up for a fast paced market? Now, you know, what I wanted to ask you about is um, the, the, the thinner markets like the uh, like we're, sh we're showing the uh, S&P minis. Um, it's not as wild. It's not the Wild West, but it does get there at some times for a new trader. What would you suggest how you approach to pick a product? For new traders, I think the best product to go into is probably the Dow, the mini Dow. First of all, you have to understand the tick size of what you're trading. You know, the bonds, the bonds are 31.25 and the 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 the, uh, the Dow is 5 bucks. So you got to understand the tick size of what you're trading. You got to understand the risk that you're getting into. Now, Typically, back in the old days, the bonds weren't that volatile, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the bonds have actually become one of the more volatile products on the right. floor. So at a 31.25 tick and a you know a volatile market. So I think you learn off the Dow because at the end of the day, Eddie, I think that all charts are the same, all markets are the same, and all patterns repeat. And if you can learn to just look at a chart and not worry about what you're trading and what's affecting that, because again, if you go back to the money part of it, the charts are controlled by the footprints, the markets that leave it, and that's brought to you by the money and the traders. So if you get to that point in these markets, then you can trade anything. And I, But I always start, when I'm teaching new people how to trade, I always start with the Dow, 
That's the easiest product to learn in. It's got the least amount of, of volatility. It's got the obviously the closest bid offer spread. So I like to be in that because it, it does cut the risk. And like for example, now markets change volatility wise, right? They go right now we're in the worst volatility conditions I think in history, probably. Right? We're at almost all time lows in the VIX index. We're not getting dramatic movements. So right now my average trade in the Dow is, is an eighty dollar loser versus a one sixty winner. And it's, you know, they're small, but again, if you continue to, to process like that, you can understand right. that you can actually make money doing that, but you have to be very focused and honor when the things go down. But then you can move into other products. I mean, actually, you can trade as many markets at one time as you're comfortable being involved in. Right. Because at the end of the day, if you're trading, if you're trading what, what I like to call universal price and all charts are the same, then it just really doesn't matter. We're waiting for one specific movement, and that's what I like to trade. Right. You know, a lot of traders, you know, they tend to come in here, and, uh, you know, they've got five different markets, six different markets. And, you know, my question is, you know, <clears throat> have, you, have you found one that you like? Oh, yeah, like them all. Um, you know, usually, if you don't have some time trading under your belt, and you've got a lot of markets like this, it's it's really tough. It's I, I sort of compared it to, like, uh uh, you got seven girlfriends and you're dating each one every day of the week, you know, um, eventually one of these days you're going to call somebody the wrong name and you're going to have an out trade, um, you know, figuratively speaking. So, um, what I want to ask you about is, is the, the new trader, all right? Electronic trader. Um, what are some of the, uh, the problems or, uh, errors that you see traders making a lot? I think Eddie, the fear of pulling the trigger the first time, the trying to cherry pick a trade, you know, like this one is better. Now, in my mind, all trades are basically the same, right? In my mind, I think of them, if, if it fits my qualifications, I don't like one better than the other, you know, in the market that I'm watching. So I'm going to trade the pattern. I'm not going to cherry pick the trade. Like right now, if I'm bearish, which I am, I'm, just, I'm actually generally bearish the market right now. However, if I get a buy signal on what I'm doing, I'm going to buy them. You know, hold my nose and buy them, but I'm not going to say, well, no, I'm not buying them here because the market's going to go down. I'm going to step in and buy because that's what my charts indicate to me to do. That's what my patterns tell me to do is that now is the time to be long. And I think when we start to try to outthink the market, you know, one thing we know about the market, it never gets sick. It never gets tired. It's open every day of the week. So we have to be very careful as to try to outthink what we've learned. And that's where I find the biggest problems with new traders is either they're afraid to pull the trigger or they start to try to cherry pick, you know, what's your best trade? Well, hell if I know. I just look at the trades I'm trading with I can see and I'm willing to get stopped out if I'm wrong. And that's one of the things I also teach is that the the biggest thing you have is you know exactly what you can lose, but you never know how much you can make. Right, exactly. That's one thing, you know, as you approach the day, you got to ask yourself, how much can I lose before you start saying, boy, how much can I make today? So you got to think that way. This way it's going to keep you in the game and uh, – you know, like uh, as long as you got money in that account, you know, that's going to help. Now, if you can share with us, now you, you've been trading for a while. I know that uh, when you were working on the trading floor, your pre-market prep was a little different than what we're doing now. With all what we have in front of us, all the information, um, share with us your pre-market prep. Well, you know what? I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I personally ever have any pre-market because I'm kind of watching like. You know, all my waking hours, I'm sitting in my office anyways. But I think you want to understand what's going on. If there is going to be like a news announcement coming out, like, you know, if it's you're going into a jobs Friday. 
So what do right. we know about a Jobs Friday? We know that the markets are going to move. We not necessarily know which way they're going to move, but we know there's going to be some announcement that's going to create some action, right? We know when the Fed is announcing on a Wednesday that it's going to create some action. And I think when you're a new trader, you're probably better off being away from those markets until the markets move and then react to what the markets react to versus trying to figure out what the Fed's going to say. Because even if we knew exactly what they're going to say, it doesn't mean the market's going to do what we think it's going to do. So right. I think learning how to react to the action around you versus trying to jump in. But when I'm preparing, you know, again, I just want to know if there's any special news coming out that I, I know about. Because obviously we know that they don't announce when North Korea is going to, uh, to launch a missile. They don't announce when something crazy is going to happen. So you have to be prepared to react to all markets. But at the end, you just want to know if there's any major announcements that can affect the market that you're trading. So basically saying the safe way to go is keep your eyes on the road, look ahead, make sure you're prepared, know what's going to happen before it happens. And uh, you know, we talk about that too a lot on the broadcast is, is uh, you know, um, have your decisions made. So they're just reactions. So if it does come uh, to that point, you're not thinking, oh, what do I need to do? You know, you've already uh, discussed this with yourself that, you know what, if the market rallies, this is what I need to do. So market rallies, it's an action. It's it's not a think process where you're a deer in headlights. Well said. Um, all right. Well, you know what? Um, I think uh, I would like to ask you uh, some other questions um, regarding some of your uh, your history and your experience. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. I want to ask you about um, your trading. All right. If you could share with us, what has been your scariest trade you've ever made? The scariest trade I ever made is I was once short 96 euro currencies at one time at 12.50 a tick. And we weren't open as many hours as we're open now. Right. So it was a long night hoping and waiting for the markets to move. And, of course, it, it worked out okay. But it was very scary. That buildup, you know, now you right. make a mistake or you get stuck, you can get out at, uh, you know, at 6 o'clock Eastern every night. The markets close at 5, open, reopen at 6. You can get out. You can, you can, you can get rid of your mistake. Then you couldn't work so fast. Right? We didn't have all these 24-hour-a-day markets where you could do something. So it was a little bit scary to be stuck in that position for 12 hours. Just, you got it in your pocket and like, I can't do a thing. I just got to sit in it. No curb <laughs> trading or anything. Nothing. No, no, no. Um, all right. You know what? Let's, let's do the, uh, the other side of that. Let's go. Uh, how about your favorite trade? My favorite trade was actually in uh, January of 1985. It was a Friday. I was supposed to go to the Super Bowl. And um, I, I, the markets were a little goofy. You know, back those the markets, the Dow was only around a thousand. You know, mm -hmm. the OEX was trading at one fifty five. Right. That I can tell you because that's where the story evolves around. And I, I walked out, and I was supposed to go to the Super Bowl. I called my buddy, said I'm not going. I said something's going on here. I just can't leave. The markets were up like forty, which in those days was like huge. I went down, and of course we didn't have cell phones. I went down to the phone. I called my buddy. I said, Jules, I can tell you one thing. I think it's time to get short. I don't know why. I have no basis for this but i think it's time to get short so i walked back up in the pit and a broker walks in and he says double puts what's your market i go three quarters two he said so i said i'll buy 50 he said double puts what's your market i said a half the orders he said sold i'll say a 50 he goes i'll say 500 a dollar so i bought them and while i'm writing them down they were already one and three quarter bid on the other side of the pit 
All right. So now, you know, obviously it was it was a great day and, and it was exciting and, you know, worked out that I pegged the markets right. There you go. There you go. So um, how about, okay, how about this? Um, I've got a top step trader time machine. And uh, we're going to take Todd back. Uh, we'll, we'll go back a few years in this time machine. Now, if we do go back in this time time machine, what's... Uh, one thing, if you met yourself, what's one thing that you would tell yourself as you started out? What would that be? What would you relate to yourself? Something of uh, some knowledge that you've experienced that you can share. I would say the first thing is that really take the time to learn all the aspects about the market and try to pick one that you really can excel at over time. I think that you know, I'm still learning today, 38 years of doing this, and I still continue oh, yeah. to learn new things. Yep. And I think that was, you know, again, when you were trading on the floor back in that time machine, it was a little bit easier because, first of all, the paper flow, the order flow was much bigger. It was much faster. And you were really, if you just wanted to scalp, you were working on the bid offer spread, right? And as they took that away, you need to become a much better skilled trader to understand reversals and conversions, other fancy spreads. Right. Whereas you didn't need that right away. I think you would learn that if you're not, if you want to be an active trader or a day trader, if you're not in front of the screen, you should not be trading. I think, you know, obviously we did a lot of trading from the golf course. You know, in 85 when we started to get cell phones, mm -hmm. you know, trading, you know, 50 lots from the golf course is not what you really should be doing when you're doing it. I think so the carelessness that we all feel in this business because we feel that we're sometimes invincible. I think that's something. And I think it's more about the education and the knowledge to comprehend what you have to do next, especially if something goes wrong. It's easy when they're going right, but when you get on an airplane, the pilot always tells you where the exit door is first. That's the first thing they tell you. I think that's what I would like to learn if I can go back in time of when to get out and not to fight. Fantastic. I, yeah, I like that one. Very, very well said. Well said. All right. Um, Todd Horwitz got him on here appreciate you being with us but before you go todd um i'd like to know now we we did mention uh your podcast and uh something that i really enjoy uh share with us please where can people find you online bubbatrading.com is my website and you've got all the information you need to go there to see me and get my podcast there and you can get uh, my daily updates there if you'd like and it's bubbatrading.com or you can reach me at bubba at bubbatrading.com anytime you'd like and I will answer myself now real quick question where did you get that name well you know there wasn't that many six three foot Jewish guys back in the you know 60s when I was playing football so uh, actually but it, it really came when I went down to the floor as you know you have to get an acronym and for your badge for, for your my badge, badge. Right. and of course I went for my initials like everybody else, TSH. Well, they didn't have that. I said, what about Bubba? They said, we got Bob. I said, done, I'll take it. And that, that has been my name. That's been my trading name. In fact, many people don't even know me as Todd. They know me as Bubba. They see Bubba. me anywhere. I see guys from 25 years ago. Bubba, what's well, happening? That's what I said. It's, yeah, I, I, I tell my wife the same thing. Somebody would be like on the floor. It's like, I know their acronym. Right. Well, what was his name? Uh, <laughs> I've been calling him that for years. We go to lunch. I call him by his badge acronym. But uh, uh, anyway, um, it's been great here, Todd. I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I hope maybe we can hook up again. Maybe we can sort of uh, delve into another topic or another realm of trading. Would love to. Anytime. It's been a real pleasure to be here. 
Fantastic. Um, hey, if you're interested in Todd and Bubba trading, uh, Todd said that he'd set up a special offer for his day trading class to listeners at BubbaTrading.com slash top step. So I highly advise it to check it out. And once again, Todd, thanks for joining us. Great having you here. All right. All right, Danny. You know, there was a lot of good stuff in what uh, Todd shared. Um, I love how he shared the uh, the story about moving a stop one to two ticks and working his way to that 2,200 loss. Um, also, how he keeps that front and center, all right, which I, I think is very important, uh, and uh, being a reminder of why stops are so important. So that's something I think that uh, everybody needs to uh, needs to remember. Couldn't agree more, Eddie. I think uh, every trader at some point in their career has had that trade, has had that movement where you had to really learn the lesson the hard way, be it moving stops or even other options, uh, just reminding ourselves of things that we've done in the past, keeping those front and center. We're going to make mistakes, and, oh, yeah, and, and that's part of trading. We're, you know, we're human. It's going to happen. And, you know, it, in the interview, too, I mean, we both sort of fessed up that, uh, you know what, uh, we have fallen back on those basic rules and broke them. And, and uh, but, you know, it, I guess it's part of the process. It's, it's part of it's part of educating yourself and reminding yourself that uh, you know you need to follow some of these basics exactly it's uh, something we've all been through and no matter how many times someone's gonna tell you sometimes you just have to learn that mistake yourself pay for that education and uh, learn from it don't make that same mistake twice you got it you got it. now um, for our listeners here's what takeaways can some of these traders have from Todd and my my conversation you know one that uh, he said right out right up from the get-go that I found really really intriguing because it's something I've been talking a lot of, with uh, a lot of our traders here at top step uh, the first loss is your best loss uh, something that's been coming up a lot lately you know even if you lose money, there's nothing wrong with that. And realizing it that, hey, this is trading. There's right. ups. There's going to be downs. We're going to give money back to the market. And once we can get that first loss, maybe it's first loss in trading, first loss of the day. Once we can get that out of the way, it kind of lets us calm those fears a little bit. You know, when I was on the trading floor, some of the, some of the traders, some of the locals and such, um, what they would do is just to get that first trade out of the way, right on the open, they'd buy one, sell one. Okay, done. Okay, I got it out of the mm -hmm. way. And for, for for some reason, it would help them get through the rest of the day. Now, um, whether it be a winner, whether it be a loser, they would just, you know, buy one, sell one, get, out of the, get that out of the way, and then move on to their trade day. Exactly. It's, uh, it's even putting that first trade on on the screen. Just get it on. Right. And... You can kind of take a deep breath, get a little weight off your shoulders. Right. Now, what other things can traders take away from this conversation? You know, the one that I took away because it's something that I grew up, you grew up, the pits, the open outcry, being on the floor, and the, the edge that was there, something that I always looked at was watching the market, the orders come in from the institutions, the banks sitting outside the pit and watching them put the paper in, sending signals to the brokers. Right. You had an idea. You knew something was coming, and he talked about that. It's like picking off, like, the steel sign. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, they, they had that rule where you could see that. I mean, there were there were traders that would watch the bigger desks, and when they would arb, which uh, arbitrage, they would use the hand signals to put the order in. The thing is, the, the rule was you couldn't jump the market 
until that bid or that offer was was verbally said into the pit. You'd mm-hmm. have to wait. And uh, some of the guys, you, you know, w- would actually uh, they'd get uh, they'd get pointed out on it. You know, they'd be jumping on it. But that was one of the things. It was like uh, you know, you know, playing poker with a bunch of buddies and and uh, you know, seeing the flop before it happened. You mm-hmm. know, seeing some cards before <laughs> they got there. And you know, you'd be able to uh, you'd be able to prepare yourself or you know, get ready for an action uh, at that time. But that's that's how it was, and that was part of the business. Mm-hmm. I I always looked at it as you can be a little bit more proactive when you're in the pit because you at least had some sort of idea something was coming. You at least knew what section of the pit right. to be facing. Get make sure you're looking at the broker. Where on the screen, there we can be proactive in a lot of ways. When those orders come in, we have to be more reactive and paying attention to that. Right. And that's you know that's how I've been looking at this and how this transition's been for me. You know, like. When we had the open outcry, when you'd see a big offer come in, you, you'd, you'd, you know, when you're in a pit, you'd tell your, your phone clerks, give me a bid, give me a bid, give me a bid, you know, mm-hmm. um, you really wouldn't know what was above the market, what was below the market, because all the paper, you know, unless it was offered and never got filled or unless it was bid and, and never got bought, um, there, uh, the thing is, uh, you would know that that possibility that size was still sitting there below the market mm-hmm. or above the market now with electronic i mean it gives you the volume it lets you see you know where the big size is and you know on the broadcast and and with traders here uh we talk about that hey there's a there's a thousand lot you know uh, up 10 ticks so that gives you an idea also mm-hmm. you know and, and that's something that you you really got to keep an eye on and he mentioned that especially i mean on the screens we got to watch that all day long who knows what computers what algos are in there pulling the markets in certain directions and so we have to be reactive in the right way paying attention to okay are these real orders or are these guys just trying to pull that market up right right what else what else did you out of the uh the conversation i think the best thing he said throughout the whole interview there's so much great information the one that really resonated with me was uh the key is managing your money managing your risk sticking to your rules and your stops the basics of risk management right rules stops not touching them like you said in the beginning there was so much to take away it doesn't have to be he doesn't have to say much just it's all about money management account right. management risk management and that's what this is this industry is all about, and that's that's what we got to pay attention to. You know, he, he was mentioning there was, there was no option that you follow it to the T, and there was you know what <laughs> there is no plan there is no plan beyond this. This is you know here's where the stop is. This is where it's going to get hit, and you leave it there. And and a lot of new traders seem to like to improvise trading. And I mean, you know, I even catch myself here when you got to stop and that market's coming down really quick. And, you know, I think I talked to Todd about it, you know, hey, you know, I need to move my move my stop just a couple of ticks, just a couple of ticks. And then before you know it, you're, 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 you've moved to 10 ticks and 12 ticks and all of a sudden, boom, the market takes a big run and you're stopped out. And, you know, the loss that you anticipated or, or planned is much bigger. Mm-hmm. You Had know? you left your stop, you could have got tagged out and said, OK, well, let's look for that next opportunity. Exactly. Instead, you're sitting there. Lowering it, lowering it, lowering it. Now you're at losses that, you know, probably put you out for the day. Right, right. You know, it. it no confidence builder there. I'll tell you that. Not at all. Now, anything else there you got? My favorite one at yes. the end. You mentioned it. He mentioned it. The badges. You know, everyone. When you were talking about his name, Bubba. You know everyone by their badge. You know everyone <laughs> by their badge. Yeah. I, growing up, my dad was HDG. Go on the floor. 
No one called him by his name. He was HDG. Now when I got into it, everyone's, everyone I know, I couldn't tell you half the guy's names. I just knew him by their badge number, SMF. I knew he was there. NRO, BBY. It was so. Yeah. It was just badge names. I've, I, you know, I've, I've been at the mall and I've seen, you know, hey, what's up, you know, <laughs> run into the bar at night in the city. <laughs> yeah. What? And then, and the thing is, they answer back. Hey, what's, yeah. what's going on? Exactly. What's going on? But. Um, all right. Well, you know what, Dan? It is great having you here in the broadcast booth. Thanks for coming on uh, and uh, you know checking it out, breaking it down here afterwards. And uh, great having Todd with us. And I hope we can get him back here again. So, Dan, thanks a lot. Hey, thanks a lot, Eddie. It's always a pleasure. All right, cool. All right, traders. As always, thanks for spending time with us. If you liked the interview, check out our others on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Also, uh, it really help us out if you'd like to review the, our podcast, and you can always provide us feedback at LimitUp at TopStepTrader.com, and uh, talk to everyone next time. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.